0: Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about topics that pull on our heartstrings a little bit on this one. (laughs) Today, we're talking about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I'm Derek. I'm Kevin. All right, let's get into it. So what did you think of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish?
1: Well, I was actually not too into it when I first started. In fact, it, it took me two sittings to watch it, but it's not because it's a bad movie. It's because... I'm the type of person that's like overwhelmed by things that I need to do. Therefore, I can't actually sit still and watch a movie. So beginning of the week, I tried to watch it. I made it to like 40 minutes in and I was like, oh man, it's good, but I can't, I can't focus on this. And then it wasn't until this morning. <laughs> Procrastination or whatever. It's
0: just super fresh in your mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's super fresh. I'm ready to talk about it. No. But uh, I ended up watching it this morning right before recording and I'm glad I actually took that break in between to finish up the film because I actually was able to sit down and focus on it more and I liked it and I teared up at the end. I cried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah, I was the one who told you to watch it. I really wanted to bring this one and talk about it because I saw so many good things about it. During the week it was released, and I was super skeptical at first too, because I was like, "There's no way!" Like the first movie was good. I did see uh, Puss in Boots was good. It wasn't great by any means, but watching Puss Puss in Boots, The Last Wish was way better than I was expecting. And one of it on my list to talk about is the animation. Now DreamWorks kind of copied it, looked like you know, into the Spider Verse's uh, flow, so that comic booky pop-up wordy thing but the way they did it you know it was in their own style and i just really enjoyed it it was really cool to see them do a little bit newer styles and everything and uh yeah i don't know it it was just super cool to watch
1: yeah it was super fun i have not seen the first movie actually so i just went straight into (laughs) puss in boots the last wish and you said that the first one wasn't really like related to this one right
0: no, nah, I mean, it kind of does. You oh, meet okay. uh, Kitty Softpaws, and then you go into his background, and again, it was good. It, it just wasn't... You didn't need to watch it to understand the second one. Like, uh, my wife didn't see the first one either. She oh, saw the second yeah. one and was like, oh, yeah, this is
1: <laughs> this is a good movie. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I agree with the animation. It was very Spider-Verse-like, and I like those 2D-type streaks. It, I think it just allows the creators or the animators more creat- creativity when they showcase these action sequences, and it's it's not overly visually uh, stimulating, like you can handle all of these movements that are happening and be um, engrossed in what's going on. So absolutely, yeah.
0: it adds so much more depth to the to the scenes itself. And there's just something about it that uh, it, it just elevates it. I was watching Kung Fu Panda last night just because uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm kind of in the mood for it. And comparing the two animation styles, like uh, when Kung Fu Panda came out at the time, it was like super good. They they upped it from the last steps or whatever. But if they added the same kind of animations, let's say they redid it for some reason with the same kind of animation style as Puss in Boots. Again, it just only elevates the movie. It's not doing too much. It's just adding the right amount of touches too because it's only in the action sequences. Away from the action sequences, it's kind of like their normal animation style you're able to follow the character's dialogue a lot easier. Uh but again, when the action sequences come in, they really come in.
1: It's yeah, that's a great point to make because when it is the slow dialogue type moments, we are allowed to be visually stimulated by like the 3D animation. So the CGI like it's all really aesthetically pretty, you know? So switching to that 2D type of thing when when they're doing the action sequences it's really cool i think it just helps them do the choreography better maybe i don't know i think they should do this for live action to be honest like the film will be fine in this like slow state you know but then like the visuals need to change for the action sequences especially for like anime adaptations or something like we need to do something different in order to allow the fight choreo to flow better or to like really exemplify the action that way it's more fun to watch and you don't have marvels 20,000 cuts just to showcase one punch you know
0: <laughs> yeah i i agree i hope that more media's kind of take this kind of style but i also hope it doesn't become oversaturated or overused because this is where little is is more right What's was saying uh, less is less more, is more yeah less is more this is again it just captures your captures your attention in in the the action sequences so i do hope they continue it
1: agreed speaking of choreography (laughs) what's lackluster in a lot of movies that we've been watching or seen is that or even tv shows is that the fight or action sequences are really quick and done it's it's not fun to watch per se it's like I don't know if it's because directors or creators are struggling to direct or choreograph like a fight action sequence type of thing like besides john wick what's what's like another good action type film besides
0: nobody yeah Nobody did a pretty good job
1: and this is excluding like asian cinema by the way because asian cinema always has like really good fight sequences and it's yeah. it's not it's it's done with the story, too. So, like, these fights matter, per se, rather than... I don't know. I'm just going to use Marvel for now. <laughs> it's like popcorn, like, action needs to happen. We need people to stay excited and whatever. Like, I haven't seen Ant-Man yet, but I don't expect it to be better than Puss in Boots.
0: <laughs> yeah. Probably the best Marvel action movie, I would say, is The Winter Soldier. The fight yeah. sequences in that, the the action sequences were so good. It was easy to follow for the most part. And uh, every punch was felt. You know what I mean? Mm. Everything else was I don't know. <laughs> we don't have to get too much into that one, I guess. But yeah, I probably Wonder Soldier did the best. I think the choreographer at the time was I can't remember, but he had the extensive background in, you know, action sequences and stuff like that. So and it was a darker film. Kind of much, it's actually very similar to this one, which was a darker film as well for a Shrek franchise, kids movie. So Puss in Boots, The Last Wish also dives into the the theme of kind of being okay with your life because All of Us Only Has One. Puss kind of takes for granted his nine lives. And now that he's at this last one, he's going into a, a crisis, if you will, about only having one life to live that was super it's a great storyline to go into because you don't really think about it yeah
1: yeah it's the wolf that shows up and i think the wolf like even though he's not in it as much he's like a haunting type of figure uh from the beginning and then to the end and what's that line i wrote it down Uh, 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 um oh at the end he's like i find that having nine lives is absolutely absurd and you didn't value any of them. You know? <laughs> it's like, damn. It's calling puss in boots out. Puss. <laughs> puss. <laughs> pus. <laughs> well, they do it with like an accent or whatever. Like, <laughs> puss. I don't really know how to say this word. Puss. Pus. Puss. Puss. Anyway. <laughs> so he's taking life for granted. And he's he's being called arrogant and full of himself. And even Kitty calls him out. He's like. Or she's like, I didn't fall in love with the person that was, wait, she doesn't like the person that he is because the person that he is, is a person that is absolutely in love with the idea that he's this legend and like full of himself and arrogant, you know, the wolf is like this mirror of reflection for Puss in Boots, like, hey, you need a change. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to be happy and fulfilled. (laughs) Yeah. it's cool
0: too the the wolf is the embodiment of death and in the, the first half of the movie you kind of think he's just another bounty hunter but because he's so menacing and he has this aura about him that's just it's terrifying he's terrifyingly badass is what i i, I coined him as because you know he has these cool like sickles i think they're called mm-hmm. and he is experienced mm-hmm. You can tell he's experienced. He says he's done this before. He's never lost a battle, and Puss going up against him is, you know, visually it's also really good because it's a big old wolf. It's a big bad wolf against a little tiny cat, and I don't know. It, it like when he comes in, he comes in with just a bunch of attitude. Is it's probably the best way I can explain it. I love yeah. his entrance. He knows how to make an entrance. <laughs>
1: well he humbles freaking puss in boots because puss in boots thinks that he's like a top dog you know like he's this legend like he's unstoppable but the wolf is so skilled in fighting and whatever that he puts puss in boots in his place to humble him like he's (laughs) he's like oh you think you're top shit? (laughs) yeah and it's he, cool like, death he, you know yeah he <laughs> instilled fear fear into puss in boots to the point where he's like terrified like he he like buried his uh sword and stuff right yeah puss so
0: and... it's actually so uh he cuts puss's eyebrow he, he he you know has a cut there and one thing i wanted to point out in the animation before i forget is the attention to detail now that all studios are doing if you Forward through it like the scar on his uh from that cut is with him throughout the whole movie and it's kind of a good reminder that the wolf is the one again who caused Puss in Boots to bleed it's kind of <laughs> going off with of the whole Marvel thing it's uh oh when you know Tony Stark <laughs> caused Thanos to bleed he knows that he's not immortal he's he may be a godly figure in some people's eyes but he still is able to get wounded. He still bleeds. And this is a good reminder for Puss that he's not immortal. He still bleeds. So, and again, he's on his one life, so he can't keep going around like he's been doing and being so reckless.
1: <laughs> Dude, the montages of his death is just so silly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's just funny. I think saw a few too in like the regular Shrek ones, maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't remember too much. Um, I just think it was so funny that he was so reckless with his nine lives that like, when he gets humbled by the wolf and we see this montage of his lives, like, where did they all go, you know? And <laughs> he's just doing these like reckless, careless things. And it's dumb how he lost his previous lives to bring him back down to this final one, you know? It's, uh, it's a good protagonist to, uh, to talk about, hey, we only have one live or I was going to say one lives. <laughs> we only have one life. We should uh, care for it.
0: <laughs> well, we only have one multiple lives.
1: <laughs> one multiple lives in in this multiverse. On here, you have Goldie as Pew, and I did not know that Florence Pew was in this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. I
0: immediately, I think, I can't remember uh, a scene that let me see i think when they first come in and then goldie is fighting with little bear or or baby bear i think it's little bear baby bear um and then there's something about the way she says a phrase and i wish i wrote it down but i was like wait she sounds very familiar so i had to look it up and it is miss flo (laughs)
1: Flo. pew
0: who's amazing amazing actor i love her She's on, As, she's on my yeah. top fives list <laughs>
1: top fives list what is your top five list bang them out right now
0: Oh, you know let me see like you know we all have the list at the top is uh anna anna yeah. de armis okay. um yeah she's nice anna de Armas.
1: i, I don't Lauren, know if she's nice Lawrence but she's probably nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hate to say it alexandria daddario there's something about those witch eyes that i'm like all
1: right which <laughs> you
0: got me you got me in your spell I can't think of the other two since I'm on the spot, but those three for sure I know is, like, mixed around and in, in no particular order, really. In
1: no particular order. Sorry for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just add to your list. Um, okay. Okay, <laughs> Beckinsale. And, That's a good one. Hmm. Maybe this last one. Don't know. It's funny because they're, you know, I don't really have a list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just whoever whoever you see you're like oh, yeah
1: well this is really tough you know like it's it's like diving into a pool of like oh wow everyone's beautiful <laughs> yeah what can you say
0: <laughs> it's true that's true
1: you know i just want to walk the red carpet and and be like oh this is the same red carpet they walked on <laughs> we're like best friends now
0: <laughs> yeah so you're just, you're just okay with anyone for right now
1: <laughs> for right now i i gotta lower my standards you know
0: what did you think uh her as goldie i think this is one of her
1: first like voice acting roles maybe i don't know i as far as acting wise i thought it was good like i didn't even know it was florence Pugh until after i finished the movie and then you put it on here in the notes and i was like wait florence Pugh is in this movie and i pulled out the cast list and i was like holy crap (laughs) there's a whole bunch of people in this film that i didn't know about um, like John Mulaney. I didn't even know John Mulaney was in it. Even though I <laughs> did funny. recognize his voice <laughs> near the end, that's when I recognized it as John Mulaney. And Olivia Coleman as the Mama Bear. And of course, Selma Hayek and Antonio Banderas.
0: So, two other names to put out there Harvey Gillian. I think hopefully I'm saying his last name right. He, you can tell it's his voice too, because he's in so many different animated movies he just has like a wonderfully kind voice and that's why he was like perfect to play Perito. john mulaney too since you brought him up i i you can hear it immediately when i first heard him i was like wow i can't believe john mulaney's in this and plays a really good character as like a different antagonist to to in boots because he's (laughs) just this uncaring daunting man and he's (laughs) jack and jill he's jack from jack and jill so that's it was so interesting to bring him into the story into the fold the way he was and john mulaney did a really good job of just portraying i hated, i hated jack <laughs> and that's when you know the character is good and the acting is good because you end up just hating this character <laughs>
1: What helps is you know that fight sequence they're fighting him and he has his own henchman that's after Pussy <laughs> and, and the crew and he's shooting his own guy. <laughs> he's, he's like so, oops sorry. Oh I love this. <laughs> and
0: it's, it, it's all uh, they're all based off of you know fairy tales and stuff too so I I don't remember it's like 99 Nine cooks or something like that. 99 Nine chefs.
1: I am unfamiliar. <laughs> my, <laughs> Me too.
0: Obviously I don't know what it is. My hotel yeah,
1: knowledge is limited. <laughs> I really liked Perito, though. um I did not know how to spell this Perito, because on our notes you put Papito. <laughs> I thought
0: it was Papito for a si- second. And, and yeah, like, and okay, I thought it was. Pepito you were right. Too.
1: It wasn't until the end when they were trying to get him a name. They're like, "What should we call you, Chomper?" And he's like, "No, my friends always call me Perito." Perito, in his like very like wholesome, sweet voice, and it's like, "Jeez, this this guy." Too wholesome. He just wants to make you cry.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. His story. That's the way you tell a story, too. His backstory when he was telling it, like, everyone loved him or whatever, but they're always trying to get rid of him.
1: (laughs) Jeez, it's, like, heartbreaking.
0: It's so heartbreaking, but it's also just hilarious because he's so... He's just the friend that you want forever.
1: He's um, quite optimistic or positive, you know? Despite his his uh situation (laughs) well it it sounds bad when he like says it or he says it in a positivity type of tone but it hurts us because we're like dang that's kind of (laughs) sad and due to that irony it makes it funny yeah like when he said i wish i had a family like this to goldie and the bears (laughs) and i was like dude this guy i want to cry but i'm laughing (laughs)
0: so funny like when he he talks about how he's playing hide and seek still with his old friends or his old family and he says that he's still winning (laughs) (laughs) you just realize like oh my gosh like they haven't even tried to look for him
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) it's the stories it's the stories that we tell ourselves you know
0: (laughs) oh it's the stories that we tell ourselves
1: (laughs) which kind of (sighs) kind of a funny theme from our um previous episodes and leading up to now
0: (laughs) (laughs) great segue yeah
1: (laughs) um let's see
0: i so on that note each character in this movie and a reason another reason why i love the movie so much is because each character has such a rich background that it's easy to follow along with them it's easy to either love and hate them Goldie, you mentioned from The Three Bears, it's so wonderful to see her backstory as being abandoned essentially or uh, lost and she turns into an orphan. Then she goes into the house, you know, and she does the whole thing, you know, uh, her whole spiel and the family just take her in because they know that she's alone and she's afraid. Like, that's the way to build a character and to continue to... I don't know tell a story when there's like what five different characters that we're following and each time it's not like overwhelming either it's very nicely done it's again less is more in this case so we find out about them little by little uh, especially when like they get the map and each one of them gets a chance to hold on to it to see what they really want to wish for and then the the trials that they have to go through that was a really nice touch in this whole movie like i was gushing over this part because i kept thinking to myself this is how you tell a story this is the way you move it forward
1: for sure like I like how we don't have to spend so much time with each character in order to understand and know how they feel and when those revealing moments finally come like the map you were talking about we know immediately what they want from like a deeper core, without going through this whole like, we need to spend thirty minutes on this character and trying to get the audience to understand and know everything there is to know about this background. It's like no, we we have like a brief glimpse into their past and how they came to be, and where they are now and how they're interacting with all these other characters. We're like, dang, that person's kind of a jerk or whatever. But then when we are revealed what they truly want underneath all of that, we're like, damn, I guess they're not really a jerk, you know? They're just hurting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Except for Jack. Yeah, yeah <laughs> except, except for Jack. For...
1: <laughs> like, the moment where um, the bears were like, What's, what do you want to wish for? And is like, I want a real fam. Like, she was really saying it from, like, the deepest part of her, her heart and, like, in the, her tonation. And, of course, the great acting of Flo, which hurt because it was so honest. And it hurt the bears because they were like, damn, we thought you were, you know, we were your family, you know. So it's like a double hurt type of situation because she feels like she, in order for her to have a family, she needed to be around other like people like her rather than, oh, these bears that I grew up with are my family, you know. That was a big hurtful moment for me
0: the best part about them too is that the bears still continue to follow along with what she wants. Like yeah, they already have essentially what they need. It, it felt like, and they weren't torn. And Maybe the, of course they were hurt, but they weren't torn that they had to go and help out Goldie immediately. Almost. They're like, yes, we're going to help you out. If that's what you want, we're going to go and help you because they know like Goldie comes from a different place. She's different than them. But again, even if they're still family, it doesn't mean that she's had one before. So, of course, she craves that same kind of attention or care. And, yeah, I don't know. This is really good. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah, that movie. I really do.
1: Yeah, it was the mama bear that was like, oh, I knew that this was going to end soon or something like that. And then she was like, but you know what? We're going to get you that map and get you. Like, like she was still being a mom, you know, like a really uh good caretaker of Goldie and like trying to get her what she wants despite being hurt. You know, it was like overcoming that that um bittersweet honesty you know yeah i agree with you it was
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all the characters are good just going back to perrito too uh one thing i forgot to mention is he's he mentions that he wants to be a therapy dog and when they bring that up we see puss you know have panic attacks and go into a crisis mode and it's a very nice reminder and uh, it brings importance to mental health, especially when you're going through a moment that changes your identity, essentially, especially for Puss. So, you know, Puss and Boo, or Puss has that panic attack and then Perito comes by and just calms them down and stuff. Another reason why this movie is so good is that they're not afraid to kind of pick at the parts again, like uh, the idea of death and how you deal with, again, your identity changing from what you once knew and bringing a light to service animals, which is super important. I have two dogs of my own, uh, one, I got at a shop, uh, but the other one we adopted and we can see that also dogs need the same amount of care and love that we need. And so it's a very nice relationship that anyone with, it, uh, with any kind of pet knows is a lot of people need that kind of love. You know, it's a different kind of love than what humans do service animals just kind of know. They go off of instinct and they know what you need and a lot of times it's just companionship or someone to be there to to cry on.
1: So what you're saying is dogs are better than cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who could deny that? Cats kind of do their own thing. I'm sure there's like really nice cats out there. I've met a few, but oh, man.
1: Well you know. <laughs> service animals yeah. in general are good. Everything you're saying is right. Like the the fact that Perito even showed up just to comfort Puss was, like, the perfect dynamic and exactly what he needed, too. Like, sure, the wolf showed up to humble Puss, but um, he wasn't giving Puss the right amount of support that he needed to to become... Uh, to reach that self-realization that he gets at the end. It was mainly Perito, you know? Like, he was combating all of, like, that negativity or the down things, you know? Even when Kitty shows up, it's almost, like, to Not really... This would be like an over exaggeration, but it's almost like two toxic people get together to be in a relationship. It's not really gonna help. But Perito kinda like balances them both out, which is really cool. Yeah. And you know, service dogs are good.
0: <laughs> service dogs, service animals. Service I know animals. there's a service, uh there's a service alligator out there. He's Wait, super what? famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you haven't heard of this in no Florida, a man raised an alligator uh from birth. And he found that this alligator was kind of weird because the alligator just loved cuddles was like super nice. And he turned the alligator into a service animal and this alligator goes and literally cuddles up next to people and helps people go through their trauma. So it helped me believe that almost any animal out there can be a service animal you just gotta find the right fit and then, you know, have the patients be able to train them properly and stuff like that. But, if you yeah. don't know this story let me send it to you because it's super yeah that's crazy. yeah
1: send it to me that's crazy that's cool though i mean i can see like it, the crazy thing is that scary animals can also possess a sort of cuteness like a sort of sweetness to them and in the same way that you were talking about if the, if with the right amount of patience and person to to uh care nurture for them that. yeah nurture yeah. that like ugh. You just got to be thankful for for uh, people <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> the right person to come along.
0: The right person. That's all you need. The right person, the right animal, whatever it is out there. You don't have to be alone if you're looking for it.
1: <laughs> I like the overall message at the end where they were kind of fighting for this map. And it's, it's crazy because they all want the same thing sort of, but they didn't realize that they had it the whole time. They needed to go through this whole entire character journey in order to be like, oh, so like in Goldie's case, she's like, oh, I freaking wanted this family, but then like when they were fighting for this wish, when she was about to lose one of her her bears, I think it was like the little bear or something like that, and she was holding the map in her hands and she was trying to decide to make the wish or to go save her her family, pretty much, and then the moment she puts down the map and goes to save the bear. That's when it was like, oh, she takes full acceptance of like, this is my family that I'm fighting for. And I had it the whole time. And similar in uh, Puss in Boots' case, when Perito kind of like humbles him and it's like, I only ever had like one life, (laughs) but sharing it with you and Kitty has made it pretty special. So maybe one life is enough. And it was like this big moment for Puss in Boots to, to not discard his past lives, but definitely let go of it and that there wasn't really much meaning behind all those previous lives. It was just, you know what? I only need one life. And he found that courage and like self-acceptance to finally face death, you know, the big bad wolf. And then even even when the big bad wolf fought him and he saw in his eyes that he changed as a person, it was like a sort of like a respect type of thing, you know, even though he was like, ugh, I came here to fight this arrogant man that's not you anymore and then left you know but it was like a sort of respect type of thing you know
0: <laughs> yeah probably the one time that he was defeated and it wasn't because of combat it wasn't because of something physical it was because a true change to push him back put push push him back a little bit <laughs> push him back a little <laughs> bit. Push, push push him back a little bit uh push them back into it a little it. bit <laughs> <laughs> It's just so good. Like uh, having that moment, the ending is really wonderful too. Cause again, we see that the wolf is pretty much unstoppable. He's this unstoppable force. He keeps following them up until this point. And the fight is really cool. Uh, you know, there's that sword sequence where at first you, it, it is adjust it the position. I'm going to use that word again. Cause I, I think that's what I mean <laughs> in the earlier sequence when they fought Puss saw himself in the sword and, you know, had a self-realization, like, oh man, I'm not who I used to be because now I don't have as many lives. I can't be as free. And then in the same moment, when, you know, that same moment happens towards the end, the wolf looks at it himself, I believe, and realizes like, okay, actually, I don't need to kill everyone. Even though I do want to, especially because he's arrogant, I can let this person live because he's changed. He wants to live a certain life. And it's a good." Teaser to what we're uh, another episode we're going to talk about. He had the the puss had the ability to change. Anyone has the ability to change. He chose to do it at that point, and then he had the courage to you know be happy with what he had. So it's just really nice. I love this whole movie. (laughs) Not (laughs) to say, but it's in my opinion probably the third best in the whole Shrek and yeah the whole Shrek franchise so it'll probably be on my list shrek one nothing's gonna top shrek one i recently watched shrek two over and i was like okay this is actually really good this is better than i remember and then it'll be puss in boots the last wish it's like it's just really good and it's actually probably tied second it's probably tied for second
1: (laughs) what else is in the shrek universe is it just puss in boots i think so just puss in boots Boots.
0: shrek like the the 16 different shrek movies the Shrek play.
1: Yeah, is how many Shreks are there? There's like four, right?
0: I think there's five.
1: Five? I've only seen one, two, and three, I think. It's been a while. Might have to revisit it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After three, I stopped because I, I was like, this is they're trying too hard. That's what I was afraid of with this one and why I, I really don't want to watch it until people were saying that this is probably one of the best movies of this year. <laughs> and I was wow. like, whoa, that's, that's pretty big words in uh yeah, I would have to agree, like, best animated movie so far. I know there's a lot more coming out, like, Into the Spider-Verse 2, right? That's coming out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really I liked the fight at the end, too. It was also, like, a satisfying fight, you know? It's, it yeah. wasn't over too quickly, and it wasn't, like, drawn out, and the fight choreography that was happening. Like, I really enjoyed that scene where he kind of, like, where the wolf is fighting Puss in boots, and then Puss loses his long sword. And then he pulls out that like tiny dagger from Perito, and no, then, from uh, 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 Kitty. Oh, from Kitty. And then it's like they collide swords like uh, perpendicular, and the amount of mass that is like that Puss and Boots is trying to hold, and he's being pushed back circular motion, but he's being swung back into his uh, or towards the direction of his longsword to be picked up again, and then he gets dual sword or dual weapons to fight. I thought that was, like, a really cool scene to to see. And I was like, man, if only we can get these cool choreo- <laughs> choreographed yeah. scenes in, in live action. <laughs> live action.
0: Like, we the other times we see it, too, and this is why I find it so interesting that comic book, the, the comic book styling is coming into animation. We see it a lot from manga into anime. Anime does a really good job showcasing action scenes for the most part like the new bleach, bleach in general, but the new bleach does a really good job of it too. And they add like a lot more texture, a lot more elements to it. It's either easier to follow along and uh it's also kind of funny to see the similarities between these two things. So Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Bleach, because Ichigo also dual wields after a certain point. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh because it's it, that's a, Bleach is a whole different mess. I'm not going to go too much into it. Either. I like that he <laughs> starts dual wielding when he needs to. <laughs> and then Puzzle Booth starts dual wielding because he needs to because he going, he's going up against someone who dual wields. and It's this whole um, respect and they're playing on the same field essentially. It's like, okay, you got two weapons, I got two weapons, we're equal now. That was just a wonderful piece to the story to add there where again, Wolf maybe not, you know, Wolf respects him. And now sees them as an equal. We also have the visual cues for that too. So I like how you brought that up. That just brought that thought up for me.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. The crazy thing is that we're going to talk about the courage to be disliked. And we're we're going to talk about vertical and horizontal relationships. And it's funny because then in this moment where we're talking about Puss and Boots and the wolf... In the beginning, it starts as a vertical relationship. And then at the end, it becomes a horizontal one. Anyway, it's just a little, <laughs> a little teaser. A little teaser, <laughs> <If> it, <laughs> You got two want Yeah, you want to check out that episode, Courage to be Disliked. Well, is there anything else you want to say for this episode? I it was really I fun say, to I watch. Can... I'm glad that you recommended <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's just a good movie, guys. Go, go give it a chance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked it. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and discuss. Puss in boots. I've been Kevin. I've been Derek. Follow us for more content. Coming at you soon.
0: Bye. Bye.